What's up, Internet? How are you? Doing good, I hope? Good. So, if it sounds different today, it's because I've had to jury-rig the microphone in a really awkward fashion. Turns out, when you buy something on the cheap, you kind of get what you pay for, which is a grown-up lesson I've yet to learn in life. But welcome to episode, I believe, we are on 16 now, which is all well and good. I know the Arcane one may not have been to everyone's taste, but you know, I have fun doing this shit. I know some have opinions that people don't necessarily agree with. Some tell me I'm a cunt for calling Jace a dick, but you know, whatever, I don't care. You think what you want, that's the point of life. So on episode 16, we're going to do some frequently asked, well not even frequently asked, just some questions asked about tabletop games, D&D and all that bullshit. And I'm going to answer them to the best of my ability and what I think is the answer. However, keep in mind kids, what I think is the answer and what you think is the answer might be completely different. So who knows, we'll learn things from each other. If you email in at letstalkfantasy93 at gmail.com, we can have dialogue and I can answer your questions and you can call me a dick. So... Without any further ado, yeah. And we're back. So, like I said, we're going to be answering some questions off the interwebs. So, to jump right into it. First one I saw after a little little delve. A lot of them were like rules based. I didn't want to do like rule questions, so it's more just general tabletop gaming stuff. Because I didn't want to specifically focus on D and D. But the first one is catered towards D and D, but I think it applies to all of them. Which was, does it have to be about fighting Dungeons and Dragons? No. The way I view tabletop games is because I tend to make my own settings. Like me and my friends do a lot, like mainly homebrew stuff. We more look at the addition in the world. So at the moment we're playing Pathfinder because that's a system that we found we enjoy and it works. Whereas while we're playing the current campaign, me and my friend Ivan, we're making a science fiction game using the rule set of Pathfinder. So like I say, I tend to view the actual additions of the games more as a rule set than an actual setting and stuff. Like there is settings, so like. Obviously, Dungeons and Dragons has the Forgotten Realms and Grey Hawk, I think it's called, and a bunch of other settings that you can choose to play in, or you can make your own. It like you can make diplomacy encounters, you can do environmental encounters. It's not all about combat and shit. So let's break that question down into two parts. I'd say no, you don't just have to fight dungeons, uh, dragons in dungeons. You can do a myriad of other things, but if you're not into it. Like the fancy setting, maybe you look for an edition that suits you more. Like I know Battletech has some, and I call of Cthulhu is more low fantasy, like it's in the real world with real shit, horror mysteries, like very Cthulhu-esque. So just shop around on the internet and see what suits you, really, because you know, fantasy roleplay is not to everybody's taste. So yeah, the next one. Haha, yeah, we burned through that quick. Does the character creation have to take place in a separate session so that everyone has time to think about what they're going to roleplay? So, if you don't play tabletop games you're looking to, that's what we'd call a session zero. That's kind of the playable character backstory where your party will meet and... Or they won't meet and you just play out like a bit of backstory. Like, we did a session zero with my current character, because I'm playing a game at the moment, I'm not DMing one right now. Where I played my druid's early adolescence, where he learnt how to be a fucking druid. 
and got his gift from his goddess, the Queen of Thorns, and all of that stuff. So, session zero is kind of optional, because a lot of the time we don't... Me and my friends were busy people, we've all got jobs, and, you know, we were conflicting schedules, so you don't always get a chance to just say, oh, let's do a session zero. So, I normally accept just written backstories... If I'm breathing real hard today, it's because I have to stand up this entire time and I'm in a completely, I'm in a really weird position because I've got to lean and shit. So, we normally just do written backstories or just verbally communicate our backstory to whoever the DM is. They take notes on it and stuff. But session zero is completely viable. It's just not mandatory. I mean, if you are someone in a group with an abundance of free time, perhaps you're younger people, perhaps all your schedules just happen to line up perfectly for D&D every week, by all means, do a session zero. It's a really good way to find your groove of a character because, uh, you know, you always go into these characters with the best of intentions of this is how I'm going to play it. It doesn't always work out that way because, you know, most of the time if you're kind of newish or, you know, if you've not been playing a huge amount, your natural personality comes into the character a lot lighting situations, whereas a session zero, it gives you the chance to experiment with how your character is going to act and how you want to roleplay it. So, I do recommend a session zero, but it's not necessarily the most important thing. The more important thing is just at least have a, if you're going to do backstories, just have one written. Just because if you don't get the opportunity to do a session zero, you can just send it over to your DM. This is my backstory. Do with it what you will. Although, Sev, if you're listening to this, sort your fucking grammar out. How to get into roleplay. There's no easy, quick, simple answer to that. It's just a matter of... I've always found it's a matter of comfortability with a group. So, me and the guys I play with, we're, we're all friends. We're all good friends outside of the game. We're not a group of strangers. I've known some of these people for going on seven years now. So... A lot of it is a matter of who you're playing with. Now, if you're like an adventurous league player, or you're one of these people that just sort of plays online with randos, more power to you. It's not something you can just suddenly go, I'm going to be good at roleplay now, I've got loads of tips and hints, and it's just, how comfortable are you? Like, some people will be, oh, I was awkward in my first D&D games, I'll be honest, I don't know how to fucking roleplay a... What was I? I was a chaotic good ranger. I had no idea what the fuck I was doing. Didn't know how to play the alignment, didn't know how to play the class, didn't know how to roleplay, and it, it was awkward. But the key is finding people who aren't awkward. So you find people who, if you're the noob, try and find at least one person who kind of has played the game before and knows how to roleplay properly. Because then you can sort of take cues from them and see where you land with that. I'm just going to pause this for a second while someone shouts at me. And then we come back. But if I was going to offer some tips and hints and advice on when you're starting to get comfortable role-playing it's one have a relatively clear idea of the character you're playing and how they would act in set situations if you're playing a chaotic neutral half-orc barbarian i find that's a very good example uh, blank example in regards to chaotic neutral it's one of the easier ones to play now if someone offers you a fence you punch them in the fucking mouth because you're chaotic neutral damn it you do what you want Whereas if you're playing lawful good, you might go, oh, don't say such horrible things to me, I'm, I'm good sir, I'm not going to hurt you. So, a big part of it is have an idea of your alignment, your character, even your class can come into play, because obviously different classes have different outlooks, so a druid is traditionally a bit more 
more hippie-ish, and very, oh yes, nature and the power of the earth that birthed me, yes. Whereas a black guard would have a completely different worldview, regardless of alignment and things like that. But, yeah, uh, what's another one? Do an accent, they're fun. Even if you're shit at accents, it's a fantasy world. No one says what accent has to sound like what. Like, I always tend to do elves as posh English people, halflings as Irish, for some reason. I did try and pull an Australian drow once, because they're from the Down Under, but that didn't end well. But, play around of accents, and, you know, accents are a great way of getting into character, weirdly enough. Because once you start talking different and you start sounding different, it just it becomes easier to think different. Yeah. Try to think of other tips for, for role playing other than that. Really, like, there's an endless amount, but most of it just comes down to play the game, get experience. Like, watch people like uh, Critical Role. They're all professional voice actors. Don't expect you're going to go into it and be like, oh, I'm going to be like Liam, because he's an absolute don. Because you're not, you're not a professional voice actor who role plays for a living. But have fun with it, you know, fuck about. Do fun voices, do silly voices. As long as they're not irritating, and that's a big one, don't do an irritating voice because that grates real fucking quick on a table. Like, unbelievably quick. Gotta unlock my phone again because it's set to auto-lock. Right. How do you make combat more exciting? So... It's a bit more difficult now with the way the world is, being that it's harder to meet in person to play a bit of D&D together. So, when I was playing in person, oh, I fell over, I tended to do more, when I was in combat, I didn't just sit at the table and say, oh yes, uh, the, the 18 hits him, you do X amount of damage. One of it is body language, which is obviously not viable if you play online. Body language is a big thing, because when you're intense, other people get intense, so... Don't just sit there, stand from the table, mime some of the actions, so swing down as if you've got a sword in your hand, wave your hands around like you're casting a spell. Also be descriptive without being dull. So don't go into the absolute detail of, you swing down at a 45 degree angle, you cleave into his collarbone and it slices 10 centimetres downwards and carves through two ribs and that was really bad anatomy. But just sort of be descriptive in the sense of, yeah, you swing downwards, you carve him through the chest, bam, move on. When someone's casting a spell, you draw your arcane focus, and as you channel your hands around it to cast a spell, a fireball emerges that you throw at the enemy, and they all scream and burn. It You can't just sit there and go, yeah, you're order 20, you hit, well done. You do 11 damage, you know, whatever. Because that... It's kind of funny. Combat will always be and always is roll dice look at number, convey number. But so much of the games, in tabletop games in general, are about immersion, you have to work at it. You you need to be engaging, and you need to be enthusiastic and passionate, especially in like really intense combat. Like, yeah, just any intense combat, any boss fight, anything along those lines. Say you're fighting an ancient dragon, put some fucking epic music on, like, unless you're streaming and you're worried about copyright, find some license-free music, man. It's not hard. They're all over YouTube. But go on YouTube. Find epic boss music compilations. I think some of them are, like, four hours long. If your fight is lasting four hours, mate, I'm sorry, but you've somehow fucked up. So, 
you have to set the mood, you have to set the tone, you have to be animated and enthusiastic, and I'll make them animated and enthusiastic. And this is for you players as well. Don't just tell me what you've rolled. Tell me what the attack looks like. Oh, you rolled in that one. Oh yeah, so you kind of charge forward, you fall over on your swing. Roll that 20. Tell me, tell me how you, you know, stab them through the heart in a really elegant way. And Don't just leave it to the DM to describe to you what your character is doing. You're the one in control of your character. They'll tell you what the monsters are doing. You tell me what your character's doing. And that way everyone's contributing. Everyone's getting stuck in with the descriptiveness, which is a new word I just invented, apparently. And everyone's having fun. And we all enjoy combat more. Now... The other way to say make combat more exciting is don't overdo it on combat. Don't make every session fucking combat. So the way me and my group tend to run our games is you'll do an investigatory session, combat session, downtime session. So investigation will be roleplay, investigation, critical thinking. Combat session might be the dungeon. So you'll be enemies, there'll be puzzles and traps and riddles. Or it might be more open and just be combat, bit of rest, boss fight. And then you have downtime sessions where it's, I want to go to the shop, so I want to craft some wooden dildos, which is something one of my players has started doing lately. Don't know how we got to this point. So downtime sessions are for free-form role-playing. I don't really have any real consequence, unless they do something that causes consequence. So I'm going to just say, I want to go to a brothel. I'm like, that's a downtime session, so nothing terrible is going to happen, maybe. And that's just like a rough guy, a rough format I work with, it does change and I shake it up and all of the other things DMs do, but the best way to make combat more exciting is to have less combat, if you find combat's getting stale come up with some different encounters, I did a whole session where they were just trying to navigate an arctic tundra there was no combat in it and everyone loved it, so be creative, use critical thinking watch some streamers, I don't stream personally, but if I did I would might recommend it Watch NPC D&D, their DM Rob is fantastic for that kind of shit. Watch a bit of Critical Role, Matt Mercer is a fantastic DM for that kind of shit. He knows how to make combat exciting to listen to and watch. So, that would be the best example for combat excitement, is watch Critical Role. But, I need to take a breath because that was a lot of words. Don't fall into the Matt Mercer effect. Don't expect your DM to suddenly be Matt Mercer. Have... Ex realistic expectations. The guy's a fucking professional. He does it every week as a job. Unless you've got a shit hot DM, he's not going to be Matt Mercer. Everyone has their own style. How do you plan out a homebrew campaign? I don't really understand the question. You plan a campaign. So, okay. I'm going to do like a basic how to plan a campaign then because I don't use modules. So, first thing to plan out in your campaign for me is the BBEG, the big bad evil guy. And this can relate to any tabletop game you're playing. You need to think of three things for him. Motive. Why is he doing what he's doing? Means. So, what assets are available to your BBEG for them to execute what they're doing? And execution. How are they doing it? So, a little example, you have an evil necromancer who's leading a cult of necromancy people. Very, very generic cookie-cutter fantasy adventure, but I'm going to stick with that because it's a simple one that everyone will know. So, 
His motive might be he wants to become an all-powerful lich. He wants to raise an army of undead, yada yada yada. His means are the cultists at his disposal. However many of them, you the DM or story writer, decide there are. He could have a huge cult, a tiny cult, he could have an army of undead already, whatever you want. And then execution, what is he going to do? So execution is probably the most difficult of them to come up with. Because that will be the bulk of your campaign is the players trying to stop this evil plan. So I'd break that up into sections. So section one would be uh, induction, if you will. How do the players get wind of this? Are they hired by a mercenary contract board, maybe? Does the tavern keeper go, oh, right, we got lots of problems one dead round here, lads. We are, if you want to go to the local graveyard or talk to the local paladins, they probably tell you more. And there you go, You've, you're on your way, you, now you can start bullshitting. You know, they're going to go talk to the local paladins who'll say, Yeah, sir, we're spread rather thin lately. The, the crypt beneath the temple uh, could do with a cleansing, but we are, have, not, have not the manpower to do so. <gasps> you have your first quest, you're going to go into a crypt and kill some undead. While you're there, you find a cultist who has exposition on him if he's taken alive, or he has a note if he's dead. Now, details the first part of this plan which might be to corrupt the temple from the inside out thus forming a power base you see what i mean so although execution is the most difficult to free to plan once you get the ball rolling you'll find it a real easy time keeping that ball rolling so in terms of means yeah whatever you decide guys like i can't dictate the relative power of your campaign if it's a low-level campaign maybe it's a low-level boss maybe he's serving someone else maybe he's already serving a lich but doesn't fucking know it because he's been manipulated in the brain and now you've got an even bigger threat to destroy so that's how i would do a homebrew campaign the first thing i think of is the villain what can he do how can he do it who's with him simple if it's a whole world and a whole setting that's a way different podcast to this one. That's a much, much longer episode, which we'll get to someday, but not today. This is more for you people that are new and you want to play it in the setting, but you want to homebrew a campaign, not use a module, which is okay. What is the best way to have challenging enemies for my players? Experience. Uh, <clears throat> there's no simple answer to that one, unfortunately, internet. Because the only way you'll learn how to correctly challenge your players is experience. You know, and knowing the party composition. A thief, wizard, rogue and fighter will have a way different difficulty curve than four fighters or six fighters if it's a different size party. There's no, like the CR system is there, the challenge rating system in most games that will tell you, oh... CR4, they can fight this. This can fight four adventurers. That system, it's a good crutch, but I tend to recommend aim low and buff on the fly, or aim high and debuff. So, that's that's one where you only really learn through playing the game. Like I learned how to balance encounters from playing, um, I think it was second edition Dungeon Dragons, with uh, my friends when I was a player. So, wish I could help you more. Like, there's things you can do. Like, again, look at different um, people's experiences. Think back to your own experiences. If you're a player transitioning to DM, look at the CR and sort of, and uh, all this be good enough for the four of them. Mm, here's a boss fight. Mm. 
So if you're going to worry about that, plan ahead. And plan to improvise. So last night we played. And the current DM, who's very new to it, he's doing a great job, bless him though. He set a really hard encounter. It was too hard. It was almost unfair hard. So he nerfed the demons we were fighting to DRs, their damage reductions. And we had some NPC allies that sort of kept it a level playing field. It was still very challenging and very fun. But he balanced it out as the fight went on. So don't always lean into that. But it's a good, if you're new, especially if you tell people you're new to DMing, they're normally quite patient. Oh, the one I didn't want to answer. How to deal with a toxic DM slash player. This one isn't really tabletop advice, this is more people advice. Don't be around toxic people in general, guys. Just don't do it. Even if you love them, just don't. But to put it into back into tabletop context. Be polite and courteous, which hurts me to say, but rage gets you nowhere, unfortunately. Trust me. Don't call people out in the session on the first few offences of things. If someone's being a bit toxic, just say them after the game, man, you're being a bit toxic. Come on. Come on. We're all friends here. We'll try and play a game together. Just chill out. If they keep being a dick and keep being toxic and just being like a terrible human, stomp that shit right out fucking immediately. And if any of you are in the DM, <laughs> fucking DM resources page on Facebook, you suddenly know who I am because that is what I answered recently to that question. It's the unfortunate thing is when you're playing with friends, it complicates things. As much as it's more fun with friends, it's if one of them's a cunt or being a dickhead, it complicates that whole side of things. But that's... The answer to that question is always going to be more about social skills than the actual game. How do you handle toxic people in your actual lives, guys? How do you, you know, deal with that? I recommend patience, even though it's against my nature. Because there's no need to fall out, it's just a game. It's a game people love, but it's just a game. Don't fall out with your friends over it just because they're being a dickhead. But... What can you do? But on that note, that's it for today, because, you know... That's all the questions I had answers for today. But we're going to do some D&D content for the next month or so. Just as like a, I'm going to do some beginner's guides to your first D&D game. Just as a series. Because I think that will be, be good for people. You know, if you're first getting into it, you might want to listen to that. And who knows, maybe you'll learn something. Or I will. Or I'll just hate myself. I don't fucking know. But... If you want to get in touch, like I said at the start, it's letstalkfantasy93 at gmail.com. Email me anytime. There's also a Facebook page called Let's Talk Fantasy, which you're welcome to join. There's nothing on it because no one else is there. Um, and that's it. I hope you have a good time, guys. Have fun with life. Don't be around toxic people. Don't be a toxic person or I'll have to have a word of your mother and probably spank you. So, ta-ta, everyone. Big love. Mwah.